church family how are we that was pathetically weak but I'm not going to ask you again that's your one shot all right next next week you can do better on that all right welcome all of you here here today I'm Jeff and I'm one of our pastors I'm extremely excited about this morning um, I, I guess I should be less excited um, because according to someone who predicted that we'd all be in heaven by now we're not Okay, so either, either, either we need to tell all the people out there, like, dude, quit predicting. All right, quit predicting, because whenever you predict, we know we're not going to be in heaven on that day. All right, or, or we go back and listen to last week's uh, message online to uh, my father-in-law, Dr. Ed Hines, who did a phenomenal job kicking us off on this series called Brevity, as we really are looking into life being short. You know, it doesn't feel short. How many of you guys are over the age of 40? There you go. Those are all the people who would say it doesn't feel short, right? Under the age of 40, you feel like you got a whole lot left. When I was 30, I thought 40-year-olds are very, very old and out of touch. Now I'm one of them. And, uh, and I'm like, no, we're wise. Come on. Let's hear it for the older wise people today. Yeah. All right. Let's hear it for the young people with all their enthusiasm and who still want to be on this earth because they've got big milestones coming up. Okay. Some of you acted like, some of you who are older acted like you're young. I saw, I counted. All right. So, but that's cool. If you're the age, under the age of like, you know, 30, you're in your 30s, you're in your 20s, there are a lot of wonderful things. I remember in my early 20s, I was married to my beautiful wife, Christy. I'm thankful that God let me do that. But had I had a choice, I promise you, I would have rather Jesus come back. And that the only reason is because I could have escaped a lot of junk that I've done in the last 20 years, a lot of stupidity I've done, a lot of things that I've probably said harmful or hurtful to my wife or my kids or to people around me. And, and I'm just like all of you. I am very, very grateful and thankful that we really do have a Savior who does allow life on this planet to be short and give us forever in heaven for those of us who know and recognize that He is God, He is Lord. He is Redeemer. He is the great Rescuer. And what's mind-blowing to me is that he had little Jeff Murphy as a 12-year-old boy in mind when he was on that cross. Scripture says he knows every hair in our heads. (laughs) I mean, that's a lot. Well, for some of you, it's very few. I just, te- we took that, that photo, I just saw a few of you with bald heads, I mean that, when some, I know you just shave it, it's all there, I get it. Um, we took that photo a little while ago this morning, some of the ladies are like, that was mean, he's a mean preacher. <laughs> See, I told you, Jesus would come back, I would just quit mounting up with stupidity, right? We took that photo just a little while ago on, on our church property, and I was like, man, our staff is aging, I'm wrinkled up like, like, you know, like, oh, my gosh, there's, like, embedded things on my forehead now. Even when the brow is down, you can still see him. Ed is completely bald. Richard's receding. I'm like, we've got to keep putting young people on stage. That's why we had Stephen this morning lead. Uh, he's young. He's got three, three kids under three years old. How many of you guys, that's your, that's your shoes you're in this morning. So anybody got three under three? I know, I know some of you guys got four under four. I know that. So, um, anyway, so uh, that's... A, 
the, okay, I have, I'm not on ADD medicine today, and I haven't been for a lot, long time, but I'm really excited, so that sometimes it spurs on stuff. So we've got, we've got an aging, aging crowd. Uh, I just want to say that uh, a few moments ago, I, I, I turned around, I was like, there is like nobody here. That means everybody went and watched the entire Alabama game last night. Have you guys watched the game? Yeah, yeah. Anybody in the front row watch the game? No? Okay, went to bed. All right, because, you know, you, you, knew, you knew it was going to happen. Anybody watch the Georgia game yesterday? Anybody turn off the Auburn game? I know, I feel, I feel really, really sorry. I called a friend of mine who's an Auburn fan. He was no longer watching. So, all right, back to the message. So, we're talking about brevity. Life can change at any moment. Truly, truly, for the Christ follower, for the person who's placed their hope and faith and trust in the Almighty God who sent His Son Jesus as the ultimate forgiver of sins, redeemer, rescuer of us, we know that He has promised that He'll be back someday for us. So many of you, you're like, come back whenever you want, God, because, man, I'm ready for you. Life might be good at times for you. Life might be really sorry at times. Some of you have just gone through some of the worst painful things you've ever gone through in life. And some of you in this room that I'm looking at right now, I'm trying not to look at you, have shared, man, it's been bad lately. The good news of the gospel is that Jesus loves us and said, I'll provide forever an incredible home for you. And I'm excited about that. So brevity, we're talking about this concept. Now, I want to I lean into a conversation uh, that really is magnificent for us, all right? Um, if you know anything about the picture that we showed a minute ago, we had those troughs out there, which... which you know, I hope this does not just look absolutely crazy, but it does fit out there on the property. It is kind of going old school this morning, uh, but out there, there's a rock, and on that rock, we have a verse. The name of the, 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 the name of our church, my church, comes from the, the, the symbol that we have on that rock. It's a scripture. It says, Matthew 16, 18, upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell all of the deception from the enemy, all the lies from the enemy, all the junk, all the stuff, all the, the slippery things he throws our way that cause still all of us, because none of us are perfect, to slip back, to fall down, to do some stupid things. For some of you men who have maybe made some big moral failures, even recently we got the whole Mad- Ashley Madison thing going on. I mean, some of us are like, I hope he comes back soon. I, every time I get out of the doghouse, I do something stupid. But praise God, this verse isn't just talking about some distant idea, philosophical conversation of the church. No, no, it's talking about you and I. Jesus didn't die for some mystical thing that he labeled name, church. No, he died for me. He died for you. He gave his life for us. The reason we celebrate, the reason I want to lean this conversation towards us talking about baptism today. I'll tell you a couple reasons why in just a moment. But the reason I want to lean towards that is because he gave his life up for us. So uh, just a moment ago when I, I, I said Georgia or Alabama or Auburn, you cheered. You cheered. The reason people today, and there's many people already, already signed up, ready to go. Some of you are here today just kind of like listening to this conversation. And I'm going to talk to you about baptism for a few reasons. But one of, those, one of the biggest reasons is he was publicly baptized for us. Jesus got baptized. You guys know that? I did, did that publicly. His death was public. 
His death was public. He could have gone private. And I know we talk about public faith, private faith. There's no such thing as private faith. Maybe private devotion. Maybe private time with God. Maybe private prayer sometimes. Yeah, sometimes we pay publicly. But there's no such thing as private faith. In this very same way, there's no private, like, Georgia fans here. There's no, I know, and the most redneck group of all is Alabama fans. There's no, you know they're not private. There's, there, I mean, come on, come on, seriously, don't say, wow, you know. I mean, come on, come on. If you're an Alabama fan, you know your closet rednecks, right? Come on. I'm, gosh. I have zero power over this microphone, and the man in the back is a crimson tide. Roll, he rolling with the tide. I'm talking about, like, chug a luck all the way rolling, so... All right, time, time, 29 minutes left. I see it in the back. All right, so I want to talk to you about baptism today. Let me tell you why we landed this conversation today. Let me, let, me, let me tell you why it's vital for us, for, for, for me to have you lean into this conversation today. It's vital because uh, a lot of you are new to the church. You're new to the faith. You're new to God. Or maybe you're, you're new to church but not new to the faith. Maybe many of you are kicking tires today, and I want you to know why baptism is valuable, why it's important, why that people... Today, if you come and show up, uh, why people will step into some water and be publicly dunked, get wet. Some of you show up and you have seen our baptisms before, and you see a, uh, an odd-looking jacuzzi-style tub over here, and you're like, does that even really count, like in heaven? I mean, this looks like something someone built, like from Home Depot. Like, is the water special? No, it's like, it's like Columbus, Georgia water. We used a real hose, put water in there. There's nothing special about the water. In fact, it's Columbus water. Don't drink it, okay? <laughs> Go to Sani every time, all the time, all right? Smart water. Our water is very stupid, all right? So there's nothing magical about what we do over here, all right? But, 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 what, we, but what we believe in, who we subscribe to, and, and the more we can grasp the magnitude of incredible grace and love bestowed on us, to that degree do we grasp, I, I'd be willing to like shout, hoop, and holler, and, and stand up and celebrate the fact that someone gave his life for me and, and, and be dunked for it. And so we do this in the very same way that, you know, someone gets married and puts a ring on and walks around saying, hey, I'm a married man now, all right? Uh, so baptism is the very same thing because we get fired up that there's really someone who did care for me that much. The second, the second reason I want to talk to you about baptism today is some of you need to make the decision today. Some of you today had no earthly idea that I was going to put you on the spot, although I did tell you last week, so you did show up. At least some of you knew about it in advance. But I do want to, I do want to just have you in the very beginning of the service be contemplating where do you stand? Have you ever been baptized? And I, I'm talking to anyone who is like deep years and years and years of I'm a follower, I'm a believer, I have knowledge of, he's in my heart, he, I recognize he died for, died for me. Whether you're old in the faith or you're brand new in the faith, or maybe today some of you will walk towards Christ and give him your heart and you will be saved today because of what he did for us on the cross, I want you to consider it today. I want you to be thinking about celebrating with us today and you celebrating today the fact that someone gave his life for you. The third reason I want to walk through and talk about baptism today is that baptism helps us remember. Um, remembering, 
Remembering, remembering is really like no, the number one key to uh, clinging on to your faith. Because how, how often do you guys struggle with any kind of short-term memory issues already? <laughs> right? Some of, you, some of you lost something already this morning, right? You'll walk outside and like, uh, honk, 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 honk. Okay, there it is, right? Some of you will lost, have lost your car. Some of you lost your cell phone. I keep losing my, my sunglasses. I had Roy Sharp last week uh, uh, near me in my vehicle. He's in his cool Jeep with the top off, and I was m- mocking his cooler Jeep than my truck and going, why can't I be like you and be in a cool Jeep with the top off right now? And then I'm like, lost my sunglasses, and I'm wearing my church sunglasses that are pink on the sides. All right, that's, that's what I had. So, and he's like, hey, man, I got it. And he loaned me his sunglasses. Remind me to give those back to you because I found mine. Woo! All right, found my sunglasses. Short-term memory. Here's what's crazy. We're, we're, we all have short-term memory. And, and the, the, the longer life goes on, the more the deceiver or enemy longs to try to make you forget the things of God in your life, those defining moments, the things he's done. You remember back in Bible times when, when, when Jesus... God, like, did some magnificent, like, miracles, right? Some mind-boggling, factual that happened in history. One of those was when the Israelites were leaving the, the you know, the tyranny of the, the bad people, and they were going across, and God parted the Red Sea. Remember that story? If some of you guys grew up in church or maybe have heard us speak on that or just read your Bible. They, God parts the Red Sea, allows them to be rescued. Really nothing more than a forecasting of the coming Savior who had rescued the world. So here is like God forecasting his son coming for us. And he parts the Red Sea, smashes it down on the enemy, and rescues everybody. Just months and some time later, God speaks to the children of Israel and he says literally, Have you forgotten? Like, what do you mean, have we forgotten? But he's asking the question because they forgot. See, we, we wrestle with short-term memory. So that's why we must capitalize on the moments. Write them down. Remember them. Tell your children. You know, that first generation of followers of Christ that were under Moses and then under Joshua, it says that that first generation, they forgot God. You know, in our world today, people are forgetting who God is. So we, as Christ followers, must stand up for who we are and what somebody's done for us. So that's what I want to talk to you about baptism today. I want to, I want to, I want to show you what it looked like last time we did a, a big baptismal. Um, we did it right out front here. We had a kiddie pool. I don't know that's any better than, than, um, than troughs. But I want to show you what it looked like and felt like for some and uh, what it would look like for maybe some of you today walking from a place of maybe being scared Maybe being a little nervous. Maybe, maybe you've been one of those that have said, hey, my, my faith is a private thing. I want, you to, I want you to look at some who just last year said, Jesus gave his all for me. I'm going to be willing to get wet and dunked for my Jesus, my Savior. So this is what it looked like last year. You get baptized because he stood for you. I'm not pressuring you. I'm pleading with you. Don't miss today's opportunity. They were baptized that day. Could this be that day for you? What better opportunity for you to stand up for the one who stood for you? 
God is moving today, and I'm asking you to just go with us. That last, that last person being baptized is Brooke Salmon, who is on our church staff. And I just want to say, this conversation, I want to aim it at all of you, real broad angle this morning, because some of you might be, even be leaders in our own church, that maybe just, if never, it's maybe, maybe just today God's going to jog your thinking, and you may go, you know what, I've really never been biblically baptized. Um, and so I want you to think about that, whether you're 50, whether you're 80, whether you're a leader in the church, whether you're young, old. Christ came for all of us, and I want you to consider going all in, taking the plunge. We call it God plunge around here because it is going all in because he went all in for us. And so I want you to grab your Bibles this morning. I want to, I want to kind of look at the idea of Christ's return, baptism, and just talk a whole lot about Jesus and what he did for us here in the next few moments just to help us grasp why. Why all of this? Why Jesus do that for us? So in Ephesians chapter 4, it's in the New Testament, Got the first verse five books, the Gospels, and then there's a few after that. Um, we'll, have, we'll throw these scripture verses up on screens. If you've got your smartphone, man, we, we invite smoke, uh, really cool, awesome, intelligent phones around here that can do all kind of cool stuff. Um, but Ephesians chapter four, this is written. Paul writes this to new, new Christians. So these are new Christians in their faith who are already wrestling, in, you know, already wrestling with uh, following God. Because, you know, when you, you guys know this, we, 54% of our church was not in church previous, previous to my church, and 45% of you have, be, have given your life to Christ. We've, we've had, we've had over, well over 1,000 people who have walked from darkness into the light, become new followers of Christ in our church, and baptized hundreds of people. So many of you have already begun pursuing Christ, and you know that is when you, when you start pursuing God, man, you realize, um, He forgave me, I'm, I'm forgiven but, man, I, I still have some old junk that I'm dragging around. I'm not yet perfected, right? And, and none of us will be. Scripture says we'll be made like Christ, but we won't be God ever. And we'll never be perfect like him until he takes us to heaven someday. So um, you know what it's like uh, going, seeing that transition in your life. And so Paul is talking to new believers, calling them to remember what they've been taught, what they've experienced, and reminding them to walk, continue to walk away from the baggage, the ball, the chain, the, the junk that they've carried. So in Ephesians chapter, chapter 4, verse 20, uh, that, however, is not the way you, of life that you learned. You learned something different. We taught something different. We, we want you to walk away from your junk. I know it's, it's, it's heavy, and, and some of you, you just can't release it. You can't forget about some of the stuff you've done. Some of it just, 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 you know, it's still just on you. It's just, it's just stuck. It's just difficult. 
and you can't forget. And so, however, that is not the way you learned. Verse 21, when you heard about Christ, and just listen how many times the word Jesus or Christ comes up. When you have heard about Christ and were taught in him who being Jesus, in, in accordance to the truth that is in Jesus, all of our righteousness, all of what God has done is done has been done through Jesus, not in us or in your friend or anybody else, but it's been in Jesus, right? People aren't stepping into a baptismal trough today um, claiming to be connected to anybody else, right? You're not connected to the Pope. You're not connected to Jeff Murphy. You're not connected to anybody. You, 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 when you give your life to Jesus, it's because he gave his life for you. You're representing him, not me. Not anything, not anybody else. So all this is big because of Jesus. And Paul, Paul is basically saying that there is a way to live in the world, but because you are in Jesus, it's not that way for you any longer. You were dead in sin, but now you've been awakened through Jesus. That's what he's talking about here. Through Jesus, something's been made alive inside of you. You were on a path towards death, right? You're on a path to become more and more and more looking like the deceiver, our enemy. But because of Jesus, there was something awoken inside of us. Verse 23, you were taught these things. With regard, now, with regard to your former life, okay, what was, with regards to that way of your former life, we need to be considering, think about, Putting off your old self, meaning it ought to be a practice. Putting off your old self. Why? Because most of us still feel like I still got some old self laying around, right? Some of us, how many, how many, how many of you, when you've blown it, you like yourself? Nobody does. Nobody likes it when we still blow it. I don't like it when I raise my voice to my kids. I don't like it when I do lots of things when I get a rotten attitude. I don't like myself. And I realized what Paul is saying here is that, let's go on. He says, he says, put off your old self. In, in other words, to take off or to be in the process of dismantling your old self, which is and has been being corrupted by its deceitful desires. He's, if you look back in chapter 1, 2, and 3, that's what it's talking about. What, what, what was being taught And now he's reminding us and wanting us to have a reminder of who we were. But in verse 23, he wants us to be, to understand what he has done to us and to be made new. For those of us that have bowed the knee to Christ and said yes to him being our Savior and asked him to forgive us of our sins and to be Lord in my life, to be leader in my life, we're made new. But we are reminded of our newness by the attitude of our minds. So we have a part in this. It goes back to that short-term memory memory thing, right? I continue to forget who I am in Christ because I, the more I live with just Jeff Murphy, and if I'm, if I'm not pursuing a, a personal walk in time spent being near my God, my Savior, then I am forgetting who I am in Him. And I just remember the old me. So Paul says in verse 24, so put on the new self. Practice putting on the new self. Put on the new you. 
Put on the new you. Say that with me. God wants us to put on the new you. He wants to put on the new me. God wants us to be practicing putting on the new me. And to put on the new self. Created to be like God, not God. Anybody, any religion out there that says you're created to be God, run from those people. Seriously. Run from those people who says, yeah, you, we, we, we can be gods. No, we can't. <laughs> but we can be like God. Why? Because when, when we ask Him to be our Lord and our Savior, He deposits Himself in us. He deposits Himself in us to be created like God in the true righteousness. We're made right. I'm made right because of what Jesus did on the cross for me. I'm no longer wrong with God. I'm no longer separated by what I've done, my junk, my filth, the stuff that's still in me. He doesn't see that any longer. He sees his son's death when he looks at me. So when he looks, when God looks at us as Christ followers, man, he looks at us, he's pleased. He's pleased. He loves us. So what happened in uh, chapters 1 through 3 was basically... You were made new. That's what it's talking about. How you were made new through what Jesus did for us. Um, you are a new you. If anyone in here, is, and many of you have, made Jesus the leader and forgiver of your life, you have been made new. Some of you would say, I don't feel that way. Technically, you are made new. But it's like we got a new you and an old you. Meaning, meaning... <laughs> We have a past that has a bunch of junk in it, but God's writing a new future. It's an old, it's a, it's a new you and an old you. God is in us, and because of what he's done, he is writing a new story for, for you, for you and I. You have an old history, but he's writing a new chapter. So God wants us to take off the old you and put on the new you. Um, now, the new you is created to, to look like Jesus. The old you was on a track to look just like the deceiver. Now, I, I kind of have a, an idea of what some of you could relate to when you think about this idea of we're all on a, on a path to look like the deceiver, right? Kind of the same way I feel now that we get into this, you know, we're, we're going to lean into the holiday festivity season here soon. And before we know it, we'll be uh, wrapping around campfires and outdoor stuff or indoor stuff. And Thanksgiving will be here. And maybe some of you that are from the north, you start thinking it's going to cool off soon. And maybe you start breaking out your, your hoodies and whatnot. I know it's September and other places in the world it's snowing and, and still it's going to be 90 degrees here today. But, but when you think about what God is doing in us, um, we're all on a trajectory to, to look like what, what we've always been unless we give our life to Christ. For example, uh, when I think about Thanksgiving dinner, all, all my family is going to my parents' house this Thanksgiving, and a lot of relatives will come, and we're all going to do Thanksgiving down with my, my folks. And so I, I know when I sit around the Thanksgiving table and I look across the table at my Uncle Joe, my dad's brother, I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's, that's, that's me in 20 more years. <laughs> that's what I'm, I'm going to look like Uncle Joe. Now let me tell you about my Uncle Joe. Uncle Joe has the biggest nose of anyone you've ever seen in your life. 
Everyone has said my nose is like my Uncle Joe's. You know, near ears and nose, they don't stop growing. Okay? So whatever you got now, just multiply it by whatever. I don't know how, how, how much centimeters by years and growth. But I look across the table, and I'm like, that's my jeans, Uncle Joe. That's my jeans. We didn't get Ryan Gosling nose, right? We, we got Uncle Joe nose. So I'm on a crash course, crash course because of my jeans to look like Uncle Joe. Some of you are on a crash course to look just like the enemy. And there's nothing you can do to change that apart from what Jesus did for you. Now, what Paul is talking about here, he's like, listen, some of you, you need to remember through Christ, you don't have to be that old person any longer. Let me, let me, let me, let me explain. This is why I have this little thing up here. Paul talks about, this is, a, this is kind of a wardrobe from my house. I just grabbed some stuff this morning, threw some stuff in here. All right, I got it by church, new uh, No Perfect People Allowed shirt, just to throw up there. That's in my closet. I just forgot it this morning, so I grabbed one off the shelf over there. Uh, but here's, here's, here's some clothes, right? So here's the deal. All of us, we have an opportunity every day, every day, to reach in our closet. It's my choice. Nobody chooses for me what I wear every day. Now, my wife helps me sometimes, right? Praise God. Some of you, maybe your wife helps you. Some of you, I know she does because I've seen you with, when she's out of town. You look jacked up, all right? But minus, minus someone with physical limitations or, or children, we, we choose, right? So every day, every day what Paul's talking about is there's a new you, but we've got to reach in the closet and, and pull out what we're going to wear. Every day we've got to be practicing and thinking about who I am in Christ, and we practice renewing and remembering what he's done in us. Scripture talks about this, verse 23, verse 23 it says that, that we were taught with regard to your former life to put off your old self, put on your new self, which is being corrupted, and verse 23, and made new in the attitude of your minds. See, because we have short-term memory, and because we have an enemy who wants us to be constantly waking up every morning saying, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to bust out the, uh, where is it? Yeah, I'm going to bust out the old favorite sweatshirt, right, that I painted in. I've worked on my car. I've done everything on earth in this shirt. I've gone outdoors before and done all types of things in this sweatshirt. It's got holes in it now. If I zip it up, this is the one I lounge around everywhere. It's the one that I love for years. It's the one that my wife hates right now. It's the one that I will never let go to any garage sales, all right? Just, it's just comfy, right? I got to pull it down. It's gotten shorter in, in the sleeves. I'd stretch them off, but it's good. It's comfy, right? You have a shirt like this, right? But for many of us, we reach in the closet every day, and what we do is we pull out the old. We pull out the old. And all we do is remind ourselves of who we used to be. This shirt is jacked up. I think it looks good on me. Some of you think it looks good on you. It doesn't any longer. Seriously, some of you need to take and do what Paul says. Quit, quit reaching in and making the choice to put on the old. See, what Christ says is put on the new. Oh, yeah, baby. All right. All right. Did anybody watch the game last night? Did you see what Mark Rick had on? This. And I went to Dick's and got it before I saw him wearing it, all right? Okay? I like this. All right? I like it. 
I'm not really a Georgia fan. But I have to root for somebody around here. So in the event that I'm not rooting for Florida State, and they don't carry Florida State at Dick's Sporting Goods, I buy Georgia. But can I just tell you what this feels like? This feels good. So here's the, here's the thing. Here's the, now let me just take this off because this is like going to be a major stumbling block. All right, the message will go nowhere if I keep that on. But here's the thing. In Christ, I'm made new. Some of us continue to reach in. And we're, we reach in and we're, we put on, we keep putting on shame. We keep putting on guilt. And we reach for it every day because that's who we've been. We can't see ourselves any different, but it's, it's not how Christ sees you. So, so let, me, let me give you some practical things. Paul talks about this, and he goes on, and he, he just explains that we have to put off the old. And every day is a choice for us to put on the old or reject the old. And he wants us to remember, because we have short-term memories of what Christ did for us and who we are in him, that every day let's put on the new. So I want to give you some real practical things, and I've got five minutes, and I want to wrap this up. Practical things to think about today. And if you've got a place to write these, we don't have a note place, but if you've got a phone, put it in your phone. This is who you are in Christ. If you've ever bowed the knee, if you've ever given your life to Jesus, this is what he did for you, right? This is, this is why people are celebrating today at our, at a, after the very last service on our, pro, our property. This is why they're going to step in water. Because this is what he did for us. Practical things to, to think about. We ought to be putting on, I am loved. Every day, reaching in and putting on, I am loved. This says love, baby. Woo, that's a good looking shirt, isn't it? I got a little too chubby for it this last year, and so it's a little too tight. It's that little super slim. I don't wear it, but I feel love when I can get it on. All right? We need to put it on, I'm loved. We put on, I'm loved. We, we reach in. We have a choice to reach in and put on, I am loved. We need to take off, I'm hated. Take off, I'm hated. Why? Don't hate yourself. You can't hate you any longer if God is in you. Wives, love the man. There is a God in him even though he still has remnants of the past. I am not my past. The enemy wants me to be reminded of my past. And every day he wants me to put on shame. He wants me to put on guilt. Some of you think, did, did someone call him this morning and tell him what's going on in my, our marriage? No, no one did. They didn't have to. God knows what's going on with you. And he wants you if, you, are a, if you're a believer and you have been saved and you are in Christ by what he did, not what you did. I'm not making me. He's making me. But he wants me to be reminded every day who I am in him. I am loved. I ought to be put on that. I'll be taking off. I am hated. We got to be putting on, I'm remembered. I'm remembered. When he comes back for us, we know that he will remember us. He has not forgotten you. Some of you are in a, in a bad spot right now. You feel forgotten by God. That's a lie from the enemy. That's a lie that somehow you continue to put this lie on, that he's forgotten you. That's what the enemy is saying to you. You are forgotten. Instead of putting on, excuse me, did I say that right? Yeah, put on, I'm remembered. 
put on, I'm remembered. Take off, I'm forgotten. Lastly, I want to give you this. Put on, I'm forgiven. Put on, I'm forgiven. Take off, I'm a failure. See, when we, 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 every day we get the, a choice to reach in the closet and grab. We get to grab, I'm forgiven. We get to grab, I'm forgiven. We get to grab, I'm made new. We get to grab, some of you guys can reach in and you grab all kind of stuff. I mean, I'm not an Auburn fan, but I don't even know how I got that in my closet, you know. Um, and I just got this just for some of you to help you all out this morning, okay? I'm not haters, okay? All right. But here's the deal. My brother gave me this. This is pretty cool. It's a little Nike light thing. I like this. I like it. See, my brother gave me this, and because it was for him, from him, it's a gift. It was new. I'm going to wear this. I'm not for I mean, I like his company. It's great. And it's, it's not my company, but because it's for my brother, I'm going to wear it. But here's the deal. Every day we have a choice. Every day we have a choice to reach in our closet and either put off the old or to put on the new. You know, Jesus was baptized. In Matthew chapter th- uh, 3, um, John the Baptist was a guy who was on the scene, on the earth, before Jesus was, was doing his public ministry. And John the Baptist was telling everybody, hey, there's a Jesus who's coming. He's going to take the sins of the world away. He's going to die for you. And he's preaching about the coming Savior. Yeah, that was predicted. It was pretty cool. We're talking about stuff that's being predicted and... We know the Bible's true. John the Baptist is saying there's going to be a Savior who comes and takes the, stint, the sin and the stains of our life away from us. And all of a sudden, Jesus shows up on the scene, and John sees this guy coming, and John's got this crowd now. They're flocking around John. He's a great communicator. People are like, wow, this guy's good. Jesus shows up, and he's like, I want you to baptize me. And John's like, whoa, you're the Savior of the world. No, I can't do that. And Jesus says, no, you have to. You have to. It's vitally important that I do this. Why? Here's the reason why. Jesus comes showing and making a declaration to us that there is a way for the old to go under the water and a new you emerge. He was foreshadowing his death that he would go and be bruised hurt and take pain on, die for us and go to the depths for us. But he would emerge from death to life. So when we baptize, you know, we go under the water. Is a symbol of what Jesus was, was declaring. Hey, this is what I'm doing for you. For all of you who would bow the knee to me, that would, 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 would give your heart to me, I'm going to give you life. And if you will continue to to put on the new you and quit putting on the old you, I'm going I'm to give you life. I'm going to give you hope. I want to be that constant reminder that, you're, that you can be a son and not an orphan. I'm going to close this morning and just wrap this up with this just being a very, I hope, crystal clear message of the Bible. For some of you today, some of you today, maybe for the very first time, God is like stirring something in your heart. 
And maybe today is the day that you would bow the knee to, to Jesus. And that you would simply, maybe it's a man here this morning that would say, you know what, I've been blowing it, blowing it, blowing it. The reason I can't go Ryan Gosling, <laughs> I got no hope of, of, of going like Jesus and really making a break from my past and my sin and my junk is because I, I'm still connected to the old. There's no ability to have the new because Jesus has not made me new. Today, my hope and my prayer that if God is stirring your heart today, he wants to give you new life. He wants to make you new. He wants to give you a hope for forever with him in eternity in heaven. And it simply comes by saying, Jesus, I invite you to be the leader and forgiver of my life. Scripture says, if we confess with our mouth, believe in our heart that he's Lord, he will save us. See, God's always loved us. From the very beginning of birth till now, God's always loved us, all of us, saved, unsaved. But some of you are loved orphans. Instead of being an orphan, God wants you to put on the son today. He wants you to be his son. He wants you to be his son. He wants you to be his daughter. You know what daddy does for his kids? He loves them. He doesn't leave them. He forgives them. He forgets. He gives them hope. He gives them freedom. He gives them eternity. You think about that? I just want to go, I'm, I'm in. I'm in. I'll wear whatever it is. I'll get dunked. I'll wear the beads. I'll do the dance. Whatever. Why? Because Jesus saved me. We live in a culture today that, that, that builds Christianity as either like really, really weird, crazy folks or quiet like, shut up, don't say anything kind of folks. You listening, if you're listening and paying attention to the, you know, all the, the news of, you know, presidential hopefuls and whether you're Democrat, Republican, it doesn't matter when we all go to heaven, right? Vote whatever, however God leads you to vote, right? But we live in a world where we're, we're reporters. They, they can't say what they really believe, Right? We talk about one news channel's fair and balanced, and they all, they're going to give you everything. No, everybody's got a belief, right? Another news channel, they're going to give you their side of things, but they act like they don't have a belief, but they're just going to give you fair and balanced. No, 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 listen. There's not a roll-tied person in here that can act like they're fair and balanced when you have a belief. There's not a Georgia-Auburn fan in here that can be fair and balanced. See, my kids grow up now, they're in a school. They're in school systems that would say, celebrate everything else, but don't celebrate who you are in Christ. Wow. I never thought of it like that. I don't know of a person that really, really knows the magnitude of what a man, God in a body, did for us that would not go, whoop, whoop, go Jesus. He died for me. See, I don't know. I don't know any 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 any. I don't know any real fans of Alabama or Auburn or Georgia that would say, "Hey, I got a team, but I'm not telling you." <laughs> so here's the thing this morning. Yeah, I am motivating at my very best today. But here's the thing. What has he done for you? He went, all, he went all in for you. Would you go all in for him? I'm new to this. I know. 
Maybe today's not your day, but maybe you've been in this for a long time. Maybe today is your day. Or maybe today is the day that you bow the knee and he becomes your Lord and your Savior and you jump right on board. And as you leave today, we give you the the cool t-shirt. We sign you up and you show up on the property today and we celebrate the fact that there is a Savior who is coming back for us and Christians ought to be fired up that there is a Jesus who gave them hope and life and forgiveness. Pray with me. God, we give you this morning. And God, I, I thank you for loving me way, way more than I have ever deserved. God, I pray that you'd help each of us to every day reach in our closets and put on son, put on daughter, put on I've been made new, and I will not continue to remember. I will push away all the junk in my past. I'm looking for the future and the chapter that God's going to write in my life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask our host teams to come forward. We're going to close with an offering. Oh, my wife's going to do that. She's awesome, isn't she? Love this girl. Thank you. As our host teams come forward and we wrap up this service, um, I just want to give you a few steps that you can take. In Matthew 3, it says that as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water, and at that moment, heaven was opened. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. It's the only time God said, I'm pleased with my son. And so we want you to understand this morning, there is nothing that God requires of you for salvation. Not one outward thing. The only thing God requires for you to spend eternity with him in heaven is faith. And you can't see faith. That's internal. It's the evidence of things not seen. So God does not require one physical evidence that people can see for you to have salvation. Jesus provided all of that for you on the cross. So baptism doesn't save you. What baptism does is take something that is internal and gives you an opportunity to share it and to use your story and use your testimony. And maybe you've made Jesus the leader and forgiver of your life. But you haven't felt loved by God or like God was pleased with you in a long time. And we want to suggest to you this morning that it may be because you've never done what Jesus did himself by making your faith public and sharing your story with other people. And so we invite you today, just like you saw people in that video and you saw the smiles on their face. It's not a magic cleansing. It's nothing required for salvation. But it is something that pleases your father and will make you feel like you are finally a son or a daughter, completely loved by him. It's the very first step that unlocks the rest of your journey with him. So very simply, if you're feeling like, oh, God's nudging me inside. I don't like this. I have a million excuses. I could go to lunch and never come back. Just simply, just just do this. Walk out to the connections desk, sign your name. Hey, I'll be back at one o'clock on that property. They're going to give you a t-shirt to wear, a God plunge shirt. You meet us back there. It's a beautiful day that God has provided for us, a beautiful setting. Could be the difference maker. You saw Brooke Salmon on that video 
two years ago, had no idea that God would radically transform her life. She's leading our family ministry. She's leading kids to Christ every week. It started with that first step. And I remember Brooke, she's like, I have a million excuses. She was wearing a dress that day. I mean, talk about an excuse. You know, it was awkward for her. Her family wasn't here. By the way, we're going to take pictures and videos. So if your family's not here, we've got that covered. We'll provide that for you. All right. Will y'all stand with me and pray with me as we close? Our host teams are going to close with an offering. It's a way that we worship God at the end of our services. But would you ask this question in our last song? God, is today the day you'd like me to take the step and be baptized? If you hear him say yes, please go out to our connections desk, sign up, get a t-shirt. It's going to be a great celebration. If you've already done that before, you remember how awesome it was We would love for you to go to lunch, come back, and join us. You know, at my church, we celebrate, we scream, we cheer, and we would love for you to share in this great memory with us today. Heavenly Father, we close by saying, we're so grateful. You require nothing but faith for our salvation. But God, in return, we want to follow Jesus. We want to be like him. God, I pray that you would speak to us in this last song. In your name we pray. Amen.